0: We're still in the book of Philippians. We're going to start chapter 3 tonight. You have the scripture on your paper. I'm also going to have it up here on the screen. The title of tonight's talk is, What Do You Want Most? Jesus. I hope so. I hope. We'll find out tonight, right? What do you want most? Let's read our scripture, okay? This is what it says. I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, Pharisee. As to zeal, man, a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness, under the law, blameless. But... Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection of the dead. It's a long chunk of scripture, so I need God's help, okay? Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak through me. I pray for every distraction to fall to the floor. I know there's people in this room feeling emotions they may have never felt before, emotions they don't want to feel right now. There's people in this room who um, didn't even want to be here tonight. And I just pray, God, that you would speak to all of us and that we would encounter you. I, God, I, I just, God, I just confess in front of all these kids that I'm a, I'm a snob. I'm a prideful punk. God, I get jealous, I get angry, I, I want things I shouldn't want, and, and even today, God, I was really struggling, even though I'm supposed to be fasting and praying today, because it's our day of prayer and fasting, God, I was sinning like crazy today, and I just, I just ask you to have mercy on me, and I thank you for Jesus, who has died for my sin, and I pray, God, that Jesus would be well known tonight by all of us. In his name I pray, amen. So, long, long chunk of scripture, 11 verses. That number is the number 11. That's a lot of scripture to cover tonight, but we're going to do it. We're going we're gonna to speed through this, but I'm, I'm also going to slow down through this. Whew, that was a loud of noise. Here, here's the question. It's kind of hinted at the title of this talk, but here's what I want everybody to just look at me for one moment. Just look at me. Don't look at each other. Look at me. Don't look down. Look at me. Look at me. Everybody, look at me. here's, Here's what I want you to ask yourself. What do I want most? Don't say anything. Think about this. What do I want most? Why am I asking this? Because your experience on this planet as you are living your life is going to be dependent on how you answer this question. Problem is most people don't realize what their answer really is. And their whole life is shaped by the fact that they've pointed their desires in the wrong direction. Here's how that plays out. Some people want the best here. They want the best here. And that's the first fill in your blank. The best here. Some people want the best here. When I say here, I'm talking on this planet. I'm talking about this world and all the little treasures and trinkets and all the little pleasures that you can get on this earth. Now, God created this earth for you to enjoy, but he did not create this earth so that you would enjoy it more than you enjoy him. Okay? You got to know that. But people settle for less because they want the best here. Now, when Paul is about to discuss people who want the best here, he's talking about a record. A record. We might even call it self-righteousness. You ever heard someone say, you're self-righteous? You just think you're so good, you judge other people, you think you got it all together? Self-righteous. It means you're right in every way. doesn't matter what anybody else would tell you. So this is the kind of best here that Paul's talking about primarily. He says, look out for the dogs. What a really bad way to refer to people. The dogs, right? He says, he's, not only are they dogs, he says, look out for the evildoers. This is the de- defining. He's saying, gosh, in the, in the scheme of things, these guys are so evil, they basically don't even act human. He says, "Look out for those who mutilate the flesh." All right, you might be thinking, "Whoa, mutilate the flesh?" Mutilate the flesh. Well, I'm I know I know y'all are young, but I'm going to be I'm going to be honest with you, okay? The Jewish custom of the time to mark your entrance and your righteousness and even to make your record good to be in God's Israelites. Yes means to d- just like cut, destroy, like remove it. Or just kind of, you mutilate your body, you got cuts all over you, okay? So the people of this time knew that in the promise of God for them to be in his family was something called circumcision, okay? And so this involved a practice of cutting something. And so... Paul's talking about these people because they're coming in and they're telling them, hey, if you don't have this, people who don't have this, then you're not good enough. You ever been told you're not good enough? Yes. Oh my gosh. I, feel like it's- I mean, you have people telling you this all the time. I'm just thankful they're not telling me you've got to cut off my ears. Right? Mutilate my ears. But Paul's saying no. In fact, they're really is a true circumcision. We're going to verse 3. Hang on, Nathan, let's keep going. Hold your questions to the end, okay? Yeah. Yeah. All right. He says, "We are the circumcision. We're the true ones. We're the true, we're the true righteous." But it's not a righteousness you would think. He says, "We worship by the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh." So those people who Paul's dealing with, who were wanting the best here, were putting so much confidence in what they did what they could do to their bodies and how they looked, their record. And he's saying, like, this isn't, this isn't what we should be about. And these guys, they're, they're willing, in order to get the best here, they're willing to inflict pain on themselves. Okay? So you might think, well, what does this have to do with me? I'm not, I'm not being told to get circumcised or cut off my ears or anything like that. But here's the deal. You as a teenager are living in a time where people are willing to do things like this in order to get the best here. Here's some examples. People your age might do things like this. Destroy their mind for the best feeling. Drugs. Like you want to get the best feeling? Well, you better smoke this. All the while it's destroying your mind and destroying your brain. In your body. Speaking of body, some would destroy their body for the best physique. People, people literally starve themselves because they don't want to weigh so much. Or, do yeah. or they'll do steroids, exactly. They'll even overexert. Some people will be in a CrossFit gym for four hours and they'll get this thing called rhabdo. And it basically like destroys their muscles and their blood. Like, people really do this because they're so obsessed with their bodies. People will destroy their friendships for the best social status. That's what bullying is. So anytime someone's hurting someone, you know, you might have been friends with this kid in kindergarten, but now you're in ninth grade or eighth grade, and you're like, oh, I'm going to make fun of him. Everybody else is making fun you Totally destroy your friendship with that person. Just to get in the popular group. Some will destroy their future for the best entertainment. Here's what people will destroy their future by for the best entertainment. I I love video games. I know you guys love video games, but I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest. If that's all you do, I'm really concerned for your future. (laughs) You just want to entertain. I know you guys might get bored and all, but... I, w- I wish I had. And I did track too, so yeah, I yeah. not All yeah. right, great, great. I did a lot of good things, but I'll tell you how much time I spent on Elder Scrolls when I was in high school. Elder Scrolls. Oh, man, bad. Or Halo. I played Halo. I wish I had been reading books. That's me. All right, some will destroy their dignity for the best identity. You re- literally have people in your school and on social media that are telling you you have to be a different gender to be valuable,
1: or to find,
0: listen, listen, I know, I know this kind of, yeah, I'm, you might, whatever you think about this, I don't care. What I'm telling you is this is real. You're dealing with this at your age. You're going to deal with it at your age. Hey, listen, you're destroying their dignity because they don't have a good, they don't have the right identity mindset. Some will destroy their soul for the best companionship. All of us are lonely, and I'm just going to go here. Sex before marriage is literally knitting your soul to someone that was only intended for one person. And people, because they are lonely and they think that this is going to make them happy and fill the void in their heart, they're giving their souls away to someone who it shouldn't go to. People will destroy their faith for the best opportunities. There are some people who want to get the best college scholarship or get drafted to the best team and they're willing to miss church on a Sunday because they're always on a travel ball game. I mean, this is, this is what kids your age deal with. And you don't realize that what you have here with the body of Christ is significantly more important than your sports. I love you guys. I'm I'm like, I'm shooting straight tonight. Paul, you guys, guys got to understand this. Paul went through, went through all the hoops. He jumped through all the hoops to get the best thing there. Listen to his, his status. Listen to his self-righteousness. He's, he's saying, look, I've, you want the best here? Take it from me, I've had it. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel. The tribe of Benjamin. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm one of the king's tribes. There was a king from the tribe of Benjamin. A Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, Pharisee. The Pharisees were so dedicated to the law. He's like, I'm a Pharisee. Look at me. I had the best here. I had the best record. As to zeal, like loving God's law, I persecuted the church. That was Paul before he was a Christian. He was like, I, I was so serious about my record. I was willing to persecute Christians. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. He's saying like, I, you every law you know, Ten Commandments, all the other ones, man, I did my best, and man, I did a good job. I did a good job. Can we hold cre- questions to the end? Wait, what's, what's your question? Persecute means to kill somebody. Yeah, essentially, like treat someone bad because of something they might have or believe or do. Does that make sense? Somebody? Okay. All right. So Paul... Shows us by showing his record, showing I had it all, that some realize that the best here is rubbish. 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 Write that down. The best here is rubbish. 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 Essentially, you could say you could say it's like trash. The best here is like trash, and this is coming from a guy of the time who had the best. He had the best. Of his time. And he's saying, Look at what he says. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. I've got it. I did it. I've got it all. I've gained it all. Skip down to verse 8. He says this I count everything as loss. I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish. So Paul says, All that stuff, all that all that record that I could have had, the best the world has to offer, you know what? It's rubbish. I mean, that's a serious statement. There are people in this room, and if you're on the retreat, you're going to hear stories from them. They will echo what Paul is saying here. I've tasted the world. I've tasted the world, and it's rubbish. It's rubbish. Because... The best here is rubbish because Jesus is better. You're going to hear testimonies on the retreat from us who've been walking with Jesus for a long time. And we can, we're we telling you, like, we're telling you, we love you guys. You think that relationship's great? You think that sports team is great? You think that grade is great? You think that pleasure, that drug is great? I'm going to be honest, I've done it all. I've done it all. Guys, I have done I've I've gotten drunk. I've done drugs. I've chased girls. I've been addicted to pornography. I've done it all. And I'm telling you here. I'm echoing what Paul is saying here. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Look at what he says. He says whatever gain I had I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. I'm going to be honest. I loved my sin when I was in it. And I guarantee there are some of you in here who haven't been born again. You don't know Jesus like I'm talking about. And you love your sin. You're like sitting there thinking, Caleb, how in the world, how in the world can Jesus be better than devoting my entire life to this sport? How can Jesus be better than surfing the dark places of the web. Pastor Caleb, how can Jesus be better than eating a tub of ice cream every night? (laughs) I know that the reality is, you may not understand this. I want you to. That's why I'm telling you this. Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything. Everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Paul's not, Paul's not trying to ju- like, like juke you or, or, or trick you. He's not telling you, hey, everything's going to be hunky-dory when you accept Jesus. Look at how he's, he talks about losing everything. What is this word right here? Suffered. Paul's being honest with you, just like I'm being honest with you. Sin. Chasing a good record. Like, it, did you know it's even a sin to try to be good enough to get God to love you? Do you know that's also a sin? Like, even even those of you who've grown up in a church family, you, you've you've done all you've kept all the rules. You've been the best kid. You're like you're like straight A student. You're the sweetest, kindest kid. Apart from the Holy Spirit manifesting that in you, it's sin. And Paul's, like that's what, that was Paul. Like he grew up in a Christian home, basically. A Jewish home. And he says, even saying no to all this, saying no to sin, saying no to whatever it may be that has replaced Jesus in your life. Yeah, it hurts. But Jesus is worth it. And he says, I've counted them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. He's saying, the scales. You ever looked at a scale? Heavy on this side. Heavy. Lighter. Oh, now it's heavy over here. Lighter over here. He's saying, when you take all of this world has to offer, whether it be a great record, or it be every sin and every pleasure this world has to offer, you put it in the scales. You put the world over here and all it has to offer and you put Jesus over here and all he has to offer Jesus is always going to outweigh it he's always going to outweigh it but if you don't see him clearly and you don't see him through eyes of faith you're going to think no i don't i don't think that's true i guess that's why i'm preaching When you look at everything Jesus created, you know, Jesus created this world. He created all that's in it, everything available to gain in the world. And then you look at Jesus, like really look at Jesus and you see him clearly. You will realize Jesus is better than everything else. Here's some things Jesus is better than. Jesus is better than a great record. You don't have to write this down. You can if you want, but I don't think I gave you. This isn't this. The last one is what does Jesus have to offer? This is what Jesus is better than. We're not there yet. Jesus is better than a great record. He's better than popularity. Jesus is better than popularity. I mean, I tried to be popular in school. Worthless. Jesus is better than what the world calls beauty. I'm telling you, you're going to have people all the time. You're, you're never going to measure up. I'm just honestly, you're never going to be pretty enough. You're never going to be skinny enough. You're never going to be strong enough. It doesn't matter. The standards are always moving. Beloved Jesus is better than what the world calls beauty. Okay? Jesus is better than the highest high any drug can offer you. He's better than that. Jesus is better than all pleasure you can experience in this world. And let me tell you, you grow up, you're going to be introduced to things like sushi and espresso. You're going to be introduced, hey, you're you're going to be you're you're going to be introduced to things that are they're great. Maybe you'll go skydiving and be like, that was awesome. Well, good. So, what I'm saying is, there is a lot for you to discover in this world that's really good, provides pleasure, it's fun. And I'm telling you, Jesus is better. It's all meant to point to Him. Jesus is better than any food. Oh, man, I love food. In fact, I didn't eat all day because we were fasting, and that spaghetti was delicious. Jesus is better than that spaghetti. Some of you were saying, yeah, amen. (laughs) Jesus. Hey, listen, this is from me. This is from my heart, literally. Literally, this is from my heart. Jesus is better than the best health. I I went about 25 years longing for a healthy heart. I didn't want to have any heart surgeries. I wanted to run and not get tired. I wanted to live like i don't know how long i'm going to live with my heart condition huh yeah i don't know I mean, god knows but here's the thing i long to have a healthy heart so i could play sports so i could do things that other people did and i wouldn't have to worry about my heart but i'm telling you now that i know jesus and now that i've matured in my love for jesus i can tell you jesus is better than the best health maybe you have a chronic illness or something Maybe, I didn't mean to point at anyone. <laughs> I do. So, so, wow. Okay. Wow. Like, point
1: so I incredible. did not I mean to do that. Thank you, so
0: much. Wow. you might have something of that sort. I mean, literally, you might, you, God, don't let this happen. You might go home and get in a car wreck and have your leg amputated because of it. I mean, this is, yeah, it's scary. It's scary, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Someone like me and someone We have people in wheelchairs in this church. We have, uh, there's people, there's a lady named Joni Erickson Tata who's paralyzed from from the neck down. And she would be here on this stage sitting in a wheelchair having to move around with her mouth on the joystick. And she would tell you herself, Jesus is better than having my feet. She would tell you that because he is. Not only is Jesus better, but what Jesus offers is better. That's your last fill in the blank, and then we're going to talk about what these things are in a minute. Here's what Paul says in this regard. Jesus is better. uh, What Jesus has to offer is better. He says, I want to be found in Jesus, in Christ. When he's saying be found in him, this is one of the better things Jesus offers. This is your identity. When he says, I want to be found in Christ, he's saying your identity. You don't have to change genders to live again. Literally, you can know Christ and have your identity in him and you're covered. Not only is he saying that being found in Christ means you have a relationship, a deep relationship with Jesus. So that's the second fill in the blank about what Jesus has to offer. Jesus has the best relationship you could ever have, period. Better than I have with my wife. Better than Gus has with Savannah. Better than Savannah has with Gus. With Cassidy has with Ben and Ben with Cassidy. I pray you guys are all at this point, but I think you are. I think they would tell you the relationship with Christ is better. Ben will let Cassidy down. Don't amen that. Savannah will let Gus down. Hey, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. me. I let Claire down all the time. But here's the thing. Remember, I'm being honest with you. I'm being honest. Jesus won't let them down. Jesus won't let Claire down. Jesus won't let you down. Y'all are young. Oh, man. Y'all are young. The relationships y'all have, the friendships, uh, any relationship you have right now, love it, cherish it. You get to senior year of high school, you're not going to have the same friends most likely. You may or may not have the same significant other. But the one you want to carry through all that is Jesus. Jesus. You want that. You want Jesus. He's the best relationship. Let's keep going in the scripture. He says not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. Now Paul's being he's like speaking from the heart. I remember I told you I was righteous. I did it all good. Paul's saying, I've found a pure righteousness. One that's not tainted by my self-righteousness. That's the third fill in the blank. Pure righteousness. Jesus offers you that. So that when God looks at you, he sees Jesus' righteousness. Not this dirty, crummy righteousness you've tried to build yourself by doing all the right things and checking off all the boxes, mutilating your flesh, Not that you want Christ. And he offers that to you next. He says this righteousness is which comes through faith in Christ by placing your faith and hope in Jesus and what he's done on the cross and his resurrection. You get that righteousness, the righteousness from God. It's literally a gift to you that depends on faith, not on what you do to your body, not on how you work. And he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. Paul is alluding to the fact that the spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in every person who places their faith in Christ. You get that power. And then may share in his sufferings. Hey, I've said this before, but do you, I hope you understand this. Suffering and death for the fame of Jesus is actually a gift because he is so worthy of it. I might have just turned you off right there. I don't want to suffer and die. Becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may have resurrection of the dead. And that's the last thing Jesus offers. Probably the most ultimate promise you could have. After everything fades in this world, everything that let you down in this world, you die, the end of your life, (laughs) One thing, I can say about 100% of people, 100% of people die. Right? Mm -hmm. But Jesus offers, hey, after this world has let you down, guess what? I'm going to raise you up to a new one. And that's better. So, intended identity Jesus offers, the best relationship, pure righteousness, resurrecting power, suffering and death for his fame and resurrection from the dead. What do you want most? Could you go back that slide? Yeah, oh, sure. There you go. These are the things Jesus offers. I hope you're writing this down because you want it. You're not trying to I, I, earn favor with God by having all the answers. Okay. Just kidding. I accidentally put a great record popularity for what Jesus offers. Oh, my gosh. What the That's not this be. church, bro. <laughs> I know. you better throw that away man. someone go make a copy of yours and give it to Jamie alright I'll tell you what I'll go back to this I'll leave it on this when we finish but here's, here's what I just want to end with this I want to ask you what do you want most Jesus good God. let's close our eyes for a moment everybody close your eyes uh, you've had Pastor Caleb talk at you for way longer than he should Man, I bet y'all are missing Savannah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She was precise. Straight to the point. Close your eyes. Then think, what do I want most? What do I want most? Do you want, like, just, you don't have to say anything. Just think about it. What do you want most? Like, I'm just telling you, my eyes are closed. I can't really hear anything, so I don't know what you're doing right now. I have no idea what you're doing. I hope your eyes are closed. I hope you're listening. But what do you want most? Do you want Do you want entertainment? Do you want food? Do you want I mean, do you want the person sitting next to you to laugh at your jokes? Do you want Do you want a relationship? Do you want good health? What do you want? What do you want? Or Do you want Jesus more? Here's why I believe you should want Jesus more. And just keep your eyes closed. Because I've told, I have told—I don't want you to think, oh, Pastor Caleb, I, he wants me to go and make sure I want Jesus more. I don't want this to be another thing you have to do. I, I just want you to think about this fact. God loves you. God loves you. He created you. He didn't have to create you. In fact, you had no will in it. You had, you had no way to change your existence, to will yourself. God did that to you, for you, because he loves you and he wants you to exist. He also has known before he made you that you were going to love things more than you love him. He's known that. He's known that you're going to choose things that don't honor him. He knows that you're going to choose maybe even your parents. You're going to love your parents more than him. He knows, he's known all of that since before he created the world. He He's known you and yet he still created you and then he still sent Jesus here to take on your, your sin, to take all that, that love that you had for other things and put it on Jesus so that you don't have to be experiencing the results of it, which are death and the wrath of a holy God. Like God loves you so much. He let Jesus suffer for you. He loves you so much that he didn't let Jesus just stay dead. He knew that if Jesus doesn't resurrect, then you listener can't resurrect either. So Jesus resurrected from the grave. So now you have that promise too. And he's telling you, I, I believe God is telling you tonight, whoever you are, wherever you're at, that God loves you. He wants you to pursue him because he's pursued you. He's He's sent his son for you. And all he's telling you tonight is you don't have to go home and get your whole life together. You don't have to go home And start getting better grades. You don't have to go home and even just want me more. You don't have to do that. All you have to do is look at Jesus and say, I'll take it. I'll take it, Jesus. I'll take you. That's all he's saying. Look at Jesus. I'm giving him to you. Just take him. Uh, Father, I pray for each and every person in this room, all these kids, even adults. God, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak to them in the language of their heart, that they might hear and understand, and then they might place their complete faith and, and hope in Jesus, and they would see Jesus as better. I pray that this message tonight would really reveal to them, Jesus, you're so much better. Whatever's happened this week, Jesus, you're better. Thank you. Amen. All right. We don't have grow groups.